What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a bonus lesson of Teach Me How to Love You Better. Today's lesson was recorded during a quick road trip I took to Brooklyn, New York, to support a dear friend and podcaster by the name of Stephanie, the life architect of the I Said No podcast. And while I was there, I was able to connect with my sister, who most people refer to as Queen Poison. But to BJ, I affectionately call her Suge. And Suge and I were long overdue to connect on air, so we sat down to really talk about the barriers that still exist between men and women in terms of communication. And what she shared with us is a very important key that most of us still tend to forget about when it comes to communication, which is comprehension. Truth be told, we are all communicating in some shape or form, but do you actually understand what is being said vocally or even physically in the actions? We discuss patterns and parallels that will help you see yourself and others a little bit clearly. We discuss how it's possible interpretation issues in just about every form of communication and how a comprehensive wellness check can save you time and questions about what it is being misunderstood. And we break down instances where comprehension tends to go wrong. What we discussed was extremely dope. It was full of insight and should be a great help to those who are being accused of not being detailed or intentional, as they say, in methods of communication. So ladies, support your sister. Fellas, sit back and shut the hell up because Suge shared with us very, very real issues in our communication dynamic that comprehension can be a benefit to. And we need to hear this. Welcome to the bonus lesson titled Comprehend by none other than the queen, Queen Poison, on Teach Me How to Love You Better. Okay, so today, ladies and gentlemen, we are now sitting here with who you know as Tanisha Brianna, the author of the book Naked, but affectionately to me, I call her Suge. What's up, Suge? How are you? Hi, BJ. <laughs> How are you putting? I am amazing. We are here to finally kick it on air because, you know, you and I talk about different things at different points, but um, significantly enough, we have a, a platform that I use to learn women and you have a very interesting perspective so i'm really glad to finally get to kick it with my family and we get to talk some shit you know facts facts <laughs> i'm glad to be here right right so um just give a brief introduction to yourself for those that may not know you i'm pretty sure everybody that listens to this already does know who you are but for those that don't just give a brief introduction and tell them about yourself in your you know writing your poetry and anything else that you would like for them to know um, my name is Tanisha Brianna on social media. You might know me as Queen Poison. I am a self-published author of mm. a collection of poetry. It feels good to say that, though. Don't, don't it. It don't does. It. Um, I'm a friend, an auntie, a lover, just an all-around free spirit. Yep, that is exactly what you are, a very free spirit. And um, we've been knowing each other for about maybe four years now, and um. We've kind of grown up in adulthood in um, certain spaces together. And um, what was interesting about the conversations that was, was actually leading up to this is that um, we talk about words all the time, specifically when we're talking about like gender and um, equalities and, you know, understanding us, ourselves and relationships. And quite frankly, everybody has an interpretation of certain words but don't really understand how they're being used or what they actually mean in the words that they're using so we're going to eventually get into a much heavier topic but typically we start this conversation with just kind of like picking your brain about where you think things are for men so like what is your um experiences like with men at this particular space in life that you're in mm, with men um I don't really say outside of friendship, I have too many experiences. Okay, okay. Um, I date here and there, but it's, it's very few and far in between. So do you feel like the dating, Um, well, no, let's even dial it back further than that. When you say like more or less friendships with men, do you feel like the friendships are healthy with men that you um that you currently have? Yes. Okay, okay. So that is a positive. But how does um friendships translate or transfer into relationships because usually that's where the changes begin to take place so have you experienced like starting off with a friend 
and then it transitions into a relationship and it goes bad or does it stay positive? It typically stays positive. I've had um, a few friendships that have turned into relationships, but we've we went in with an understanding of what we both wanted. And then if it didn't work out, we knew how to communicate to basically say, hey, this is no longer working for me. Mm. And I got to fall back from this. If the friendship can be salvaged, we'll salvage it. But if it doesn't, we don't really walk away with bad blood. So how long do you think um, if you can put a time frame on that level of development in a relationship, how long would you say that kind of understanding would take for two people of the opposite sex to develop? It's hard to put a time frame on it because everybody's different. It's more so where you feel comfortable. Right. So like comfort of course, takes time for people. That's why I'm asking. It's like when you get to a point where you realize, okay, this is my homie in a sense. Like we kick it. We really have a great understanding of each other. We have a great interaction. The conversations, the vibe is right. You begin to realize that, okay, well, even in the homie, I realize I'm missing this in my personal intimate space that I want to share with somebody. And it becomes difficult because now you have to pick between the three people that mean the most, the homie, the lover, and the friend. You stuck. You know what I'm saying? Like you get to that point where you you really don't understand that what you're exhibiting or what you're experiencing with Tanisha on a sense is the way that you're supposed to look at the relationships that you're potentially going to carry with other people. You not realizing that I'm not supposed to like her. She's teaching me how to conduct myself once I get out here. And that's the interpretation issue that I think most of us have. So like, is there a point in those relationships where you realize, okay, this was only meant to be the homie. I I usually feel that energy off books. Okay. Because someone that I view as just a homie, I typically don't have romantic feelings for or a romantic interest in. Okay, okay. So right. I've learned how to separate the two. Right. If I have a romantic interest in you, I'm bold enough to come to you and have that conversation. Mm, I'll say, hey, mm. you know, I see potential in you. This is what I like about you. I'm attracted to you. These are the characteristics about you that draw me to you. Right, right. Whereas if you're just a friend or just a homie or like somebody I call a brother, you're not going to have those things. You can still be a good person. You can still be attractive, but that doesn't mean I have to be physically attracted to you. Right. So when the bro try to push up, like, does that change the friendship? Um, it depends on who the bro is. Damn. <laughs> it really does <laughs> depend. Um, cause I've had bros push up on me and I, I'll be like, nah, you know, you specifically in that friendship realm for me. Okay. And if I had an interest into you, I'd bring it to your attention. So it's up to you to decide. In those moments, whether or not it's going to translate or no, let me rephrase the question because I think I know what I was trying to ask, but I think it's an even deeper question. When you get to the point where you realize that the brother that you've somewhat established for yourself is now realizing what he's been missing and he sees those traits in you, how do you as a woman not get offended by him possibly disrespecting the bond that you two are creating because i don't think it's intentional to be disrespectful Mm -hmm. but i do think that we don't understand what we truly are trying to communicate when we label a woman a sister you know what i'm saying because when i think about my sisters it's almost like i'm protecting them against everything that could possibly come against them but what i'm not also realizing is that i'm protecting them from me the things that I know that I've done, the things that I know that I've committed against other women, mm-hmm. I'm protecting my sisters from myself. So not not being honest to even the women that are remotely close to you is now a threat to every woman that you feel like you're responsible for. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like I think that he's not realizing that even as a man, realizing that this person embodies the characteristics of a sister – I still want what she possesses and I'm still responsible for those same protections that I would give my sister, even in a, you know, a more intimate relationship. You still are responsible for making sure that your sister is comfortable. Even when you realize, okay, nah, we ain't blood. 
I can still feel what I feel, but you're still responsible nonetheless. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think the complication is. It's just like I've never, ever had a relationship or interest in somebody that I call sis. You know what I'm saying? Because literally I feel like knowing what's best for you before I know that I like you will tell me how to treat you. Right. Like if I see that, oh, these are things that you need and I can never put myself in that position of being the supplier of those needs, mm -hmm. then it makes it easy for me to just leave you at sis. But like if I'm like, damn, I could really show her how love's supposed to be or I can really show her how a man is supposed to treat her. It's different because now I guess that goes into the word intentional. Mm -hmm. I have an intention behind what it is I'm giving her. So now I can say, okay, well, since this is what I have to offer her, let me apply it and submit myself before her and say, well, hey, what's up? What's good? You know what I'm saying? So we going to get into that. See, it's funny that you say that, though, because I've had that happen before. Really? So where it's somebody that's just a friend, and we've been cool, but they see me earnestly. They see me in all my flaws, mm -hmm. and they see me, you know, without makeup, you know, without my hair done, tomboy stage, they see all of that aspect of me and they see me raw and uncut, but they still are attracted to, I guess, the idea of me. Right, right. And they see, they've seen me interact with exes and what that relationship looked like. And they just kind of sit back and be like, you know, I could do better for you. I can be that person you want me to be. And I'm just like, no, the person I need you to be and I want you to be, you're already for me right now. Wow, wow, And they'll wow. say, well, I can't find other women like you. And it's kind of unfair to try to compare another woman to me because we're all different. Right, right, right. So you can't see me as a good communicator and then expect all women to be good communicators. Wow, all right. Or you can't look at me and say, ooh, I like you for being blunt and outspoken and holding me accountable and this, that, and a third and expect that all the women that you're attracted to are going to bring that for you. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. So that makes it unfair. Yeah, it's unfair. It's That's that's never being considered, like, when we're being unfair. So, yeah, okay. But you pretty much know the purpose of um, this particular show. But for you listeners that are listening that may not have known what you were getting into before you press play, this is called Teach Me How to Love You Better. This is a conversation between a man and a woman where we learn from each other. We try to figure out the things that we confuse and we create conflicts with between the relationships of the two um, sexes. And um, one of the things that I do that I actually take pride in is I kind of just sit back and listen. I ask the questions that some men are afraid to ask, and we allow women to speak from their rawest, vulnerable sometimes profane and vulgar positions. We let them get it all out. And while Tanisha is speaking, I will not say anything. I'm going to be completely silent. That is the one thing that women think is the most important part to the learning aspect of women. Like in order for you to learn, you got to shut the hell up. So I shut the hell up. I let her get it out. And I will not speak until she say, okay, BJ, you can speak now. Because now she's receptive. She gives me permission to ask whatever questions that I would have because I let her get all of her thoughts out. So this is the process that we're going to use to help not only myself as a man, but for you, men and women who are struggling in relationships with each other and want to learn more about each other. So I'm going to pose this question. And when I ask this question, I'm going to give her the floor to answer. And the question is, in what way do you think as a woman, men could improve in terms of loving women but not for just their own benefits but the benefits of the women that they're actually trying to love mm. that's a good question i'm trying to think of an answer that no one has given um for me um i think i mentioned it before with communication and not just that with comprehension because it's one thing to sit down and have a conversation and say everything that you feel but it's another for the person that you're speaking to to understand what you're saying and understand the place that you're sitting in when you're speaking like women screen communication all day that's cool that's fine but it, it doesn't matter if the person that you're speaking to doesn't understand the message you're trying to deliver so prime example I'm a visual learner 
if you sit me down in a lecture hall, I'm only going to grasp part of the lecture if it's all audio. Unless you have a visual representation for me to look at as you're giving the lecture, things aren't going to always click for me. And I think that's the biggest concept, misconception with men and women, where women are screaming out one thing, but if it doesn't translate to where the man can understand it, it falls on deaf ears. So it's almost like, what's the point? So women feel like we're nagging because we keep browbeating, but we're not communicating to a level to where the man is able to digest and understand what we're saying. So that's already going to be a lost concept right there. You can't really communicate if nobody's going to be able to understand it. You can speak, BJ. All right. So just in that small piece that you left, comprehend is the focal point. And it's very interesting that you say this because there are some things that have led me to believe over the years that women aren't as good at communication as they believe themselves to be, with all due respect. And the reason why I say this is because what you've presented and what you've just said is that women just have strong suits of communication. They're much stronger in ways in which they apply communication in certain areas than a man is because the thing is just as you were saying about like being a visual learner a lot of things that a man communicates are typically from things that he's seen like he's seen how when he spoke in concerns of himself how it fell on deaf ears so because he visually saw the responses of certain things that he said he's not going to repeat it because all he retained was how he felt about it the very first or the most important time that he actually communicated what it was that he felt. He's not going to allow you to replicate those memories for him again of being neglected, of being dismissed, not necessarily feeling like there was ever a priority. So comprehension, of course, is very, very, very important because even in those hurt feelings, men have to understand that that still does not mean there's nothing else for you to say. You have to reapply those things and learn another way to comprehend um, what you're feeling and also convey what you're feeling to this person. And it may be the style in which you're delivering these things that makes the difference. So we have to learn each other's styles and our ways of communication. So we're going to break down this comprehension thing. Now, one question I'm going to ask you, and this is just from my personal experience. Give me an idea of what this is where one attitude or one particular area of a woman's personality could reflect four different settings or stages in her life. Like when a woman has a certain crankiness, it could be that she's cramping. It could be that she's hungry. It could be that you're not paying attention to her. But all of the signs that are showing in this particular area of her crankiness or her attitude and personality at this moment shows the same exact traits for three to four different reasons. Like, how does that happen? Um, let me think of a good one. Um, okay, so let's take tears, for example. Mm-hmm. A woman crying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to equate to one single thing. Most people equate crying to pain, to sadness, when that's only one part of of what it could mean. It could be happiness. It could be sadness. It could be anger. It could be rage. It could be excitement. Okay. So just because you see us in in one facet doesn't mean it's the facet or the label or the category you're putting us in. Right, right. It can mean several different things. But if you only see one part and you only equate it to one part, it kind of like, it kind of puts us in a bad light because that's all you see without asking what else is behind it. Okay. Okay. So in those moments when you feel like you're being misrepresented in that way, that's actually a conversation starter right there. So you will say, okay, well, I noticed that as a man, I'm paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. You introduced them to the idea that this is what you're doing. You're investing your attention into them. I'm paying attention to you. And what I notice is that there is an attitude that comes about 
in you that has four different characteristics. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're feeling in any of those four things because the the traits are the exact same for four different personalities that you have. Mm -hmm. And then you build that conversation from there. So tell me what I could pay attention to so that I can know, oh, she's cramping. Let me go get, you know, heat and pad. Let me go get this, this, this. And, you know, you start to build up a repertoire for how you deal with her when she's cramping. Even though that same attitude is going to reflect in three other phases of her womanhood, she's going to also be at a point where she's hungry and doesn't know what she wants to eat. And she's just going to be cranky because she's indecisive in this moment. Give him something to build on. Mm-hmm. So that he can identify the three to four different phases of one attitude or personality. So this is comprehension in a more active way. It's like asking those questions instead of just saying, well, let her figure herself out mm-hmm. and get her own shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, because that, of course, reflects in four different ways. That's yeah. abandonment. That's being silenced. That's being dismissed. Like you get to treat a woman in four different ways with one action that you take to and respond to her. that's not fair. Right. That's, that's not, not fair. fair. Okay. Um, you can pay attention to her body language because with us, our bodies don't lie. Okay. If, if we're typically in pain, we might curl up in a fetal position. We might be um, silent. We might isolate ourselves. Okay. Okay. We might want to, you know, have our alone time. Um, sometimes it can take something simple as just, hey, I noticed you were feeling this way yesterday. You know, something changed today. You good? You okay? You need mm-hmm. something? Just asking that instead of just assuming that, you know, we're just in a bitchy mood today. Right, right, If you right. could just hit me up and be like, hey, you know, I know this is a change in your mood. You all right? You, you need me to get you something. Right. Just something as asking that can take you from ground zero all the way to the top. Right, right. And it shows consideration. Mm. That's, that's a big thing with women. Showing that you're considerate enough to... Right to cater to us and care about our feelings or even what our physical being is like. And I think men don't understand how to be considerate sometimes. So what is the most considerate thing a man could do in terms of comprehending you? Because I know that there is a such thing as a stupid question, but the Mm -hmm. reason why I think stupid questions are really important is because neither of us are educated to be intelligent about it. Like we don't know how to, address it because it sounds like it's stupid before we even act. So what is the most considerate way to comprehend a woman to where she knows that this is what you're trying to accomplish? A wellness check. Just asking me, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, how are you feeling today? So that can kind of gauge you. She's telling you what her mood is. Right. So that way you got it straight in front of you. That's a template right there. If she's telling you how she's feeling or where her mental state is or what her physical is, you already got your answer. So you can kind of negate from there. Right. So the wellness check actually, you know, helps you to um, move past the what you doing questions. It does. <laughs> it does. It's way better than a what you doing. A what you doing can be irritating as hell sometimes. <laughs> Especially if you're known for being a what you doing type nigga. Oh my God. That is dope. So a wellness check, a wellness check is actually so many things because mm-hmm. it gives the woman the opportunity to tell you what's going, what's going on, on with her. Right. And it's not sounding stupid or you know, or corny like what you doing. Right, right. And then it also gives them the free space to vent because Mm -hmm. that's what they want to do, but they don't trust you to even be interested. So now that one gesture of being considerate gives you four different ways. Or multiple. It could be more than four. Right. So comprehending that understanding what it is that you need to do could give you more options to communicate. Mm -hmm. That's fire. That's fire. So, um... The next question that I'm going to ask, too, is there's a point in comprehending women where you're being figuratively a bitch, right? Now, of course, we know that, um, well, I'm going to say for me, because I don't know what another man is being raised up in to establish the point of views that he has. But for me, I believe that calling a woman a bitch is the extreme disrespect. Mm -hmm. But there is a point where 
we need to know what do we call a bitch other than a bitch mm-hmm. when she's acting like a bitch. And what, is, what does that equate to for a woman? Because there's a bitch even in a woman that she identifies mm-hmm. with. Like, she'll tell you, I know I'm being a bitch right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are you saying when you communicate that to your man that you know you're being a bitch and you're validating the bitch that he believes other women to be? You're mm-hmm. saying that it's in you and you're acknowledging it. So how does how does comprehension work in that way? Because you acknowledge that very bitch, mm-hmm. but you still don't want him to call you that. Mm. Um, to me, being a bitch is a level of being irrational and you're not in a space to be receptive to anyone else's point of view or voice outside of your own. Okay. Okay. So it's a selfish space. Oh, okay. So if I'm in bitch mode, I'm not trying to hear nothing nobody else has to say. Whatever I say is law at that point. Okay. Okay. So if I know I'm in a bitch mode because of the way I know I communicate with others, I'm like, Hey, I can't receive you and digest you right now. Let me come back to you when I'm more receptive okay. and we can have a conversation or we can talk or we can chop it up or hang out. But when I'm in that mode, I don't want to deal with nobody. I'm just going to be in my feelings and mm-hmm. nothing else is going to take me out of that. So how do you um, exist in that mode sharing that space or sharing a space with a person? Like there's a point where a woman could be in bitch mode in the house that she shares with a man, mm-hmm. like um, help us to comprehend what we're supposed to do in those moments when um, I still need you to be responsible for what you were responsible for mm-hmm. while you're in this mode. Like how do we apply comprehension in this way to where we still allow you to have your space, mm-hmm. but we still get you to maintain your responsibilities that we typically benefit from in order for us to establish livelihood in our homes. Like, how do we do that? Because am I still not supposed to expect you to do your job or to take care of your responsibilities? Or am I just supposed to just back off and just let everything fall until you feel better in this mode you're in? Mm, That one can be touch and go. Okay. Because women are emotional. Right, right. So in in terms like that, the woman herself has to be like, okay, I know I'm emotional, but I still got to apply logic here. I still okay. I still okay. have responsibilities. Me feeling bitchy doesn't stop the show. Okay, okay. So if she chooses not to be responsible or do what she needs to do within that relationship, that kind of falls on her. Oh, okay. Because she's not putting up her half of the relationship that she needs to. Right, right, right. So, how does a man comprehend that while she's being a bitch? I want to say the safest bet is for him to let her figure it out and do do her. He can still be there and be supportive, but not to be pushy. Okay. So, empathy and compassion. Yes. All right. So, um, we really are getting somewhere. This is really helping. So, um, empathy and compassion for a woman that's not caring about anything concerning you because sometimes the issue don't even have nothing to do, do with, with you right so that's a moment where a certain level of maturity in men has to be established because there's oftentimes this feeling that women have where they're taking care of everybody but themselves mm-hmm. so now we in those moments of her being a bitch we're now understanding what we actually put her through and that's the part that we can't accept like we're seeing what it feels like to have the world dumped on you in this moment and you just have to cut the world off. Like we're not realizing that in these moments of her being figuratively a bitch, the reason why that is is because at this point you don't matter. And you're not realizing that over the course of I don't know how many years, Mm -hmm. this is how you made her feel. So now you're getting a small taste of your own medicine. And this is why communication and comprehension is so important because it wasn't until we sat down and talked about it that I realized that those bitchy moments are not being bitchy at all. That's just her exercising or exhibiting her humanity Mm -hmm. like any other person, you know, because men can definitely put all of the laundry, the clothes, the the kids, the, you know, the maternal and the, the nurturing instincts on her. 
and never know what that feels like to do those things. So it's easy for you to say what our job is, but do you know how hard our job is? Mm-hmm. So that comprehension in that moment of you thinking, oh, she being a bitch right now, you need to look at yourself and say, what am I doing to put her or to contribute to the space that she's in? Because partially it has something to do with you. Yeah, sometimes women need a, a recharge. Right, right, right. You need some. Sometimes the person that you're with, you need them to pour back into you as much as you pour into right, them. Right, right, right. So, man, man, man. All right. So there's a point in um, men and women where we identify things as one thing, and it has nothing to do with what we actually feel. Like, um, I just previously had a conversation of guilt, um, with um Stephanie from um, Better Life Choices New York. Shouts out to her and um, her podcast, I Said No Podcast. But um, I was telling her in the conversation that what I was feeling in certain terms was guilt. And by definition, she made me aware that the definition is, is clear to what that is. Like guilt is the admission of something that you've done or committed mm-hmm. against another person. And in this moment of feeling the feelings that you feel, you didn't do anything, but you just feel a certain level of responsibility for those exchanges that you have. But guilt is not exactly what it is. So in comprehension, there's a point where you have to sit down with your feelings and find out if, in fact, what you're feeling is actually what it is. So for a woman, when you feel the things that you feel in terms of men and how they communicate, and how intentional they are. Are you exact in your idea of what you're claiming men to not be doing? Is that something that you feel like, beyond a shadow of a doubt, they're guilty of these things? Yes. But because you're guilty, it doesn't always mean you do it on purpose. <clears throat> it's not always intentional. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about that. Okay, because you can you can be at fault for something simply because you didn't have the knowledge about it, simply because you didn't have the experience on how to handle that situation. Right, right. Simply because you just didn't know. Right. So in those moments of men feeling guilty, the reason why I think we take it so hard is because we didn't realize that it was intentional doing or it wasn't that it was intentional doing. It was actually an unintentional act. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what we were doing in these moments of expressing ourselves and our feelings. And it's actually um, really refreshing to hear that a woman can see that. Like, okay, yeah, you're guilty of it, but you may not have known what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And this is the part of comprehension that actually helps because I think that when we communicate, it's more condemnation in the sense. It's like you you did it, so we're just going to condemn you all to make sure that the message gets across. Instead of trying to comprehend, well, this nigga don't know no better. You know what I'm saying? So That that guilt trip is unfair. Okay. Now, so I could sit there and say, like me personally, I have daddy issues. Okay, okay. Me and my father don't have a great relationship and I feel with him it was a level of abandonment. Okay. So I've dealt with men before who, you know, would not speak to me in regards of us having a disagreement. So because I feel a way and I want him to reach out and show me attention and show me the love that I feel I deserve Mm -hmm. because he doesn't know that trauma that I already had and he doesn't understand that trigger, he's unintentionally guilty. Mm. Where, you know, after I sit down and have the conversation and he'd be like, okay, I didn't know that about you. Now that I understand, let's try to take it another way. Right. So in that moment of um, the unintention, is there a point where a woman realizes, okay, now that we have this understanding, this is the part where I make the adjustments within myself? Because I don't want people to think that just because you communicated what the issue was, that it's okay for you to stay with or in that issue. Like, now that we've established that this is what this makes me feel like, is it an indictment on you to say, okay, now I need to make it easier for him to understand 
what he's trying to apply and helping me through it. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think what it is is we'll say, well, I told you what it was. And just think that every time you, you know, you go back to those same phases or those same attitudes that it makes it okay for you to stay there. No, you told him what it is. But now how are we going to get you past it? Mm-hmm. Now we want to take action against the things that you're feeling so that we can comprehend that there is a growth that needs to be met or need to be had in this relationship. Is there a point where women say, okay, now that I told him, let me try to change this to make it easier for him to, to go about the things that he's learning from you. Cause I don't think that it's fair to say, well, I told you what it is when I feel this way, you should just know what to do when I'm here, because that means that you're still not changing. You're right with that. Um, once you bring up an issue that, that hurts you like that, you have to give that man the opportunity mm. to want to do right by you and to try to amend what's been wrong and to try to fix it. Right, right. So you got to be willing to work with him. But I think with a lot of hurt people, they haven't learned to heal themselves personally. Mm. So it's one thing to have that pain, but if you're not going to give the person the opportunity to work it out with you, it's kind of like, yet again, falling on deaf ears. Right. Right. That's when the I told you so aspect comes in. And like I said, that's not fair. But then too, it also, um, it also doesn't see, well, the man doesn't also get to see the effects mm-hmm. and the, the changes or the brighter side of the things that he's trying to apply now that he's comprehending some of the things that you're feeling. If you stayed the same the whole time he applied everything that you told him, that means that what he did made no difference. So now he doesn't know whether or not he's doing a good job or not. So now it's more it's more easy or he's more eager to just quit the job altogether mm-hmm. because you haven't showed him the benefits of actually applying the things that you suggested to even make you feel better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now he's just like, well, damn, this is what she told me she needed. And it didn't change her. So now he's just like, fuck it. I mean, but not everything happens overnight. Right. So when it does just so happen to be a process versus um, an instance, how do we know we're doing a good job even though the even though the effects haven't quite taken over the circumstance? We, we don't see the potential shining through at all Mm -hmm. we just know that we doing what she told us to do but she hasn't quite you know leveraged enough courage or confidence to try to heal herself in this moment how do we stay empowered to keep doing a job when we don't see the benefits or the effects of it i think that if you're going to take that approach you kind of have to go in not expecting the benefit you kind of have to just take it as it is like if you know you're a good person and you're doing what you have to, right, right, then you're doing it because you want that person to be better and you want them to trust you and to flourish in the relationship. Now, if you know you've given all you could and it just hasn't changed, right, then you know sometimes you got to walk away from it and let it be what it is, because yeah. that could be a toxic situation that you were in and you didn't know you were in. Right, right, right. So basically, the benefit of the person being better should be your benefit. Yeah. Oh, okay. See? Comprehension. Comprehension. All right. Um, when I think about people, there's a point in a person where um they get frustrated in themselves, right? And they'll say, I just don't give a fuck. Whatever happens, happens. You don't realize that there's like so many different places that you're in in that moment that could be very well positive. Um, instead of being um like defeated, sometimes decepted, you know, not knowing what's happening and being deceived by the circumstance. That Those are po- perfect moments to be optimistic. Those are perfect moments to be open. Those are per- perfect moments to be vulnerable um, and potentially putting yourself in a space to where no matter what happens, you could afford to learn from it. Mm-hmm. Is there a moment for a woman in terms of a man where, You've been hurt by so many men and you don't really know what else there is to gain from experiencing another man, but just being open and being vulnerable and being like receptive to no matter what it is, you're still going to submit yourself to the idea of giving it another shot. Is there a point for a woman where she says to herself that 
I have nothing to look forward to, but I'm still going to do it or try it again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I would say as I'm quoting Stephanie from yesterday, um, everybody goes through a season. Okay. Everyone has a winner and trying to find that right man for you could be your winner. Wow. That very, is, that is so true. It could very well just be your winner. You know, I, I earnestly believe there's someone out there for everybody. Now, are you going to find them right away? Not, not really. Not absolutely. You know, sometimes it takes a couple years. Sometimes you got to fall back and just focus on you and build yourself up and love yourself up enough to where the person that walks in for you, they already see you shining. So they're attracted to that light and they're not coming to be your other half. They're coming to be a bonus to what you already have for yourself. Right, 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 right. So if I'm already in love with myself and someone else is adding to that and I can give back into him, that that's a beautiful situation. Yeah, that's that's having access. You know what I'm saying? Like you 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 don't necessarily need them for anything, but just the fact that they're extra means that you have potentially access to more than enough or you you know you can you can take those moments and see a person in like the the highlight of their life and you can realize that they may need to be protected from the negativity so that you stand close to make sure that those other eyes are around them in the minute or in the moments of them shining like there are so many things that we can benefit from without believing that there's somebody just coming to take something from us Mm -hmm. like sometimes we want to protect what we believe in so standing next to a person that is at the very top of themselves or in their professions a lot of times deserve a lot more attention and responsibility and we may just want to inherit some of it you can sometimes believe that a person wants to just come in and take what you've built you know how hard it was to get to where you are so you're very defensive over the possibilities of somebody coming and trying to um, share in something that they didn't contribute to but what if this person was meant to protect you from the darkness that you experience mm-hmm. you know in those down times of you being on top of the world when your winner begins to show up like kind of how stephanie was mentioning in the show is like she can thrive you know pretty much consistently through the other three seasons mm-hmm. but it's just that one season in particular and this person is just coming to help you comprehend that you're still valuable even in this dark space in your life and in order for him to stand next to you and not want you for anything or not need you for anything this is what he proposes like you have to know for yourself how to identify with that you gotta be comfortable with being in the dark yeah real talk real talk so i think that like with us talking about comprehension and we're going to shorten the word to comprehend because i think that when we say comprehension there's a process that we kind of expound on. We want to just keep it at the basic level because what we're learning is that everything that we thought that made total sense to us in love didn't make sense at all because we really didn't comprehend first how we even looked at the words we were using and if we comprehended what the words really meant. Mm -hmm. Then from the literal sense to the emotional sense where we using the words that we apply to our feelings we didn't really know what those words meant either so misrepresentation of the definition and then how we apply the definition was a big communication issue and then we tried to use those same miscommunications to love each other right you know what i'm saying so yeah we really we really opened up a great conversation now just to ask you a couple of more questions and directions towards men What's the best way for a man to comprehend himself, in your opinion, before he steps to a woman? Like, what's the best way for him to know that he's ready to step to a young lady at all? When he's comfortable with himself. So comfortable with himself, meaning that he could be cool with his flaws and all and still feel that he is in the position to try to try to shoot a shot, mm-hmm. even with flaws. Yeah, not just that, but... He's comfortable enough to understand that his feelings matter Mm -hmm. and he can express those when he needs to. So we're not, so we're not in this day and age where 
women are expecting men to have their shit together. Are we in that stage anymore? I don't think so. Because women, we don't always have our shit together. And that's just speaking facts. But if you're going to approach me as a man, if it's something that emotionally you need to get off your chest, I'm going to ask you that. Okay. I'm going to ask you, you know, something look off with you today. Are you all right? And don't just brush us off like, yeah, 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 you know, I'm fine. I'm a guy. Because it's this misconception that men don't have feelings. Right, right. And it's frowned upon for y'all to say what y'all feel Mm -hmm. when that's dehumanizing. Right. Y'all are human just like us. Right, So you should be able to communicate whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart. You should have that openness just like I do. Okay. So now once we comprehend um, who we are as people, we can we can see ourselves and other people and mm-hmm. then feel comfortable. So um, comprehending that women have feelings and then there even being openness from women to identify those things in yourself. She may point those things out to you. Now you can relate to one another. And that also helps the comprehension process. Mm-hmm. All right. So in this phase of getting to know yourself as a man, is there ever a point where a man gets in touch with his feelings and you realize that, okay, this area of yourself is a deal breaker for me. Is there ever a point in a man being that honest that you realize that, okay, this is too much for me to deal with? And what, and what does it take to get to that point? Um, a deal breaker for me is, I think extreme anger. If he doesn't know how to process his anger mm-hmm. and I peep it before he explains it, mm-hmm. that that's usually a deal breaker for me. Yeah, because you don't know how far it's going to go. Exactly. If you continue to allow him to exhibit it without any resource or resolution. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, is comprehending is comprehending such things as anger um, confused as acceptance? Because those people who are abusive want to be loved too. I mean, everyone wants to be loved, but if you're not saying all that you come with, it's kind of hard to negate that. Right, right, Because right. some people are like, well, that's just who I am. That's how I am. But it's something behind that you that you haven't uncovered yet. What have you gone through that's taking you to accept that you have an extreme anger? It's just part of who you are. Right, right, right. So you're not even trying to evaluate where it comes from. In order to change it, you just want people to accept it. Right. Right. Or right, someone, right. I don't understand what people say, oh, well, you know, I'm crazy. Like, what does that mean? Like, right, right. Like, what makes you so comfortable to say that being crazy or being unstable is okay? Right. It's irresponsible ownership. Right. Like, no matter what I do, oh, I'm just crazy or I'm bipolar. And you're taking these real things and making it an excuse. Wow. Wow. You're okay. making it seem like it's acceptable. It's acceptable, right. When it's not. So we we have been very, very, very um, conditioned to allow people those moments of irresponsible ownership where they'll tell you exactly what they are but won't change it. Yeah, toxic behavior. Yeah, it's a toxic behavior. Okay, so now that we've gotten to a point where we're open and honest and we communicate and we tell each other what we feel and we're in this happy space. What do we do when we get bored with this? Because after so long, and I am I'm a prime example of this, there's a point in a healthy relationship where you get bored because there's nothing wrong. <laughs> you will believe that, like, okay, well, we don't have anything else to do because we've corrected our communication. One of my biggest issues in the very beginning of um, me dating my current lady is I had to figure me out first. And sometimes um, the things that we grow accustomed to in a relationship, we think that it will travel throughout every relationship we'll have from here on out. So you may have picked up this trait early on in your life and you realize that, okay, this is something that never really benefited me, even though it's a standard in most relationships. And it changes the course of another person who has seen success. In this very thing. So now we have to figure out how to make this thing work together. 
what's the best way for you to adjust in a circumstance that you have with another person that you care about, despite the fact that you never say anything wrong with the way in which you may have communicated. Like you may be the person that communicates and has had successes in your style of communication, but it just may not work for the person you care about or that you want to be in a relationship with. What is that adjustment process like? So I would have to sit down and ask them what is their communication style like. Mm-hmm. So if they tell me that they're used to talking a different way, then, okay, this is what works for you. Let me see how I can adjust that and tweak it to where we both can benefit from it. Right. That doesn't make you feel a way at all, does it? Okay. No. Because I think that that's the reason why people abandon other people is because it's like, well, it ain't never been a problem for nobody else. But you can't go into a relationship with what you're carrying from a previous person. Relationship, right. Every right, relationship right. that you go into is new. It's different. You have to cater it and personalize it for that person. Right. It's not a one-size-fits-all situation. Comprehension definitely isn't. It definitely isn't. And um, I really want to expound on the ideas that catering to each other is not weak. It's not a... It's not the way that it's being depicted now. Now, um, I feel like, you know, the prime example of catering in, in terms of hearing has always been Destiny's Child's record, Cater to You. That's an honest place for a woman to be in. Like, that's not a woman being foolish. That's not her, you know, being gullible. That's an honest place that um, a woman tends to become a part of. When she's feel like when she feels as though she's being comprehended, when she feels like she's being cared for and treated in a certain way. And there are women who believe that they'll never get to a point where they can cater to a man in that way because they're resistant to the process that it takes to comprehend another person. Um, Stripping yourself of your own beliefs to develop a space for just you two is very important. Like, yeah, we all have relationship experiences, but. I want to be a little bit more honest, open, and vulnerable to learning everything from scratch with you. It's a completely clear surface. It gives us the space to reveal things to each other without judgment. Like, those things are so important. And I want to encourage people to be open to learning all over again what it is that you will have to learn from this new person because it could be a comprehension process that takes you to a completely different place so now when you move on if in fact it doesn't work you can comprehend that you did all that you could it was positive and it was healthy and you don't have to keep reverting back to the old ways of the unsuccess and the the hurts and the traumas so it's still positive to comprehend that change is good Mm. see i'm learning as we talking and that's the dope thing because i don't think that we get those opportunities either to hear and then see it right then and there and that's what makes you feel good it's like damn like as soon as they said it i felt the change right you know so that's dope that's dope is there anything that you feel like men could comprehend a little bit more on the behalf of women that it's okay to be vulnerable Mm. vulnerability is not a weakness it's actually strong being strong enough to say i understand all that i come with good bad and different But I'm okay with that. And I know that I can take the steps to better myself because I'm that open and that transparent. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, no one can tell me about myself because I already know me. Right, right. What do women benefit from men um, when they're vulnerable? They know how to be with a partner that's open. So that means they're open to communication. They're open with just being a a person overall, you can't be with someone who's afraid to show you them true selves. Okay. What's the point? What's the point? Right. So if I'm with a man who's vulnerable, that means if he feels a way, he can communicate that to me. So I can understand and know how to adjust and move from there, no matter what the situation is. Right, right, right. I don't have to make him feel less than. He's still a man at the end of the day. It's just, I understand what he feels now. I can relate to him. I can Maybe, you know, he's feeling bad and I'd be like, okay, I understand what you're feeling. Let me show you how to feel better or I can 
I can, I, I won't even say coddle, more so, what's the right word I'm looking for? Might be comfort. Yeah, that right. is a word. I can right. comfort you in that moment to where you don't know how to feel. So I can just, I can, I can show you feelings that feel better than the ones that you're feeling. This was fire. This was really good. Yeah, because it's about a partnership at the end of the day. Right. It's like space. Like, why would I be in this with you if I can't trust you as my partner? And I got to be able to trust you even though I can't see what's in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> we killed this. We killed this one. This one was really, really informative. I think that um, I think that we can get somewhere with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, comprehending really does cover all of the previous shows that we've done where we talked about giving women identity. You got to be able to comprehend what they go through in order for you to understand the identity of a woman. When I think about uh, Crystal Clear, when she says support, we got to comprehend what support for them means versus what we think support is. Like when we comprehend, what was the other ones? The uh, Number three was expansion. And I think that like when we comprehend kind of how we were talking about in terms of Stephanie with her uh, admission of um, her issues with winter. Like, expansion is, to me, the example of a person already having themselves together but just wanting to add to it. Mm -hmm. You know, comprehending that, no, I don't need anything from her. I just feel like she could benefit from me, and I want to show her how that can be even possible, how we, how we could fit each other not needing each other for anything but just wanting to share with one another so that's the example that i could think of when it comes to comprehending expansion number four was shadow work and christian's thing was shadow work is kind of what you're saying like doing the um the internal investigations and starting from where you are and going back through your life to understand and comprehend what you've been through and how vulnerable can help you attain things um a person not necessarily knowing what you're going through, but can definitely make you feel better by showing you different ways of applying emotion to the things that you're going through. There's so many things that I can think about and comprehension that makes a difference to all of the words that we use against each other. Because women, you know, women say men aren't intentional. And in my opinion, they have been. Now, let's talk about that. Like, um intention has always been like show me how you feel about me show me what you want to do with and for me now what does intention mean to you in that way um intention can mean show me but for me it's more so of what you say okay and i've been raised to believe that say what you mean and mean what you say right right so words mean things right right so don't come to me and tell me one thing, but your actions show another. Okay, okay. They got to go hand in hand. They got to match for me. Right. So let's just say in a situation where a woman says men don't communicate, when a man is not saying nothing, that means that there's nothing to say. So mean what you say, say what you mean. I said absolutely nothing. That means there's nothing to say. That's communication. That can be. You know what I'm saying? Um, when we get to a point where... um. When a man says, when a man says, no, let's go back. A woman will ask you what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. A man says nothing. Now, comprehension tells us that he's deflecting, but he's also still very much communicating. What if he's communicating that even if I tell you, you can't make a difference to it? Is that something that you are willing to comprehend from him without him indirectly saying it or without him directly saying it to you? Either way, can you accept? the truth if in fact he does communicate what it really is because there are some points where a man does feel like even if I tell you you can't make a difference to it and women don't like to feel like they don't make a difference at all Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so can you comprehend this once this is being told to you yeah I mean I can comprehend it that doesn't mean I'm gonna like it but at the end of the day if that's what he feels I have to respect it okay so that's what we need to establish like and I, this is going to be a question for the women who are listening. If you're listening to this now and you just heard the example that I gave, if a man just so happens to communicate something to you that you asked him for and you realize that you don't like the answer, does that lessen your respect for him? Because 
that's an issue. And this is another reason why men do, don't figuratively communicate because the moment that they tell you the truth, mm-hmm. it lessens them in that way. It, it shouldn't. I think as women, we have to understand that not everything is going to go our way. Oh, okay. No matter what we feel about it. that That's in general. You can tell me something and that don't mean I have to like it, but I can respect you for being honest and open enough to express that to me. Right, right, right. There are so many different... Mm, we might have to do a part two to this because I, I mean, as I'm sitting here thinking, it's so many comprehension questions that I have that will probably take us a whole hour into the hour we're already at. So um, we're just going to leave it at here, but um, definitely we're going to um, follow up this conversation because I want to prepare a more detailed and structured conversation for the parts of comprehension that are missed. But I really enjoyed this hour and man, I wish it was more time, but I don't want, I like to keep them in small segments so that people can digest the little bits, you know, that they can first and then follow it up. So, um, we're going to leave it at an hour, but um, I really thank Tanisha, a.k.a. Queen Poison, a.k.a. Well, no, this ain't an a.k.a. for y'all. It's just for me. I call her Should. That's my personal name for her. Everybody can't call her that. But thank you for um, really giving me a lot of, you know, good gems for the conversation that we're having. And I get to present it to the listeners. Um, for those of you who may know her, she's an author, a self-published um, author of amazing poetry. And um, she's very good at words. So I can just about account for how intentional and how much she comprehends words. So make sure that your words mean things. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a very important thing that I gathered from what she said in this conversation. Um, Give them all of your social media. Let them know where you can be found. Um, Give them details of the book so that they can purchase the book. And just let them know how dope you are. Just give them all your information. All right, so my name is Tanisha Brianna. You can find Naked on Amazon and Kindle. They're available as both. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Queen underscore Poison. That is Q-U-E-E-N underscore P-0-I-I-S-0-N. And I'm open to talking. Mm-hmm. I don't bite. You know, <laughs> we can chop it up if you got an idea or something you want to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Um, She's very close to me and um, we kind of, you know, going through a lot of different changes as friends because, you know, we're doing business together and um, we're talking more in detail about how to build each other up because it's a comprehension amongst us, too, that we could be beneficial to each other. And this conversation is interesting because we're here. um, This will probably come out Wednesday. So. Um, at this particular date and time where you're listening to this, she and I are in New York together. And um, we sat and had, you know, dinner and conversation. Um, we definitely attended the um, I Said No Live podcast um, live amazing. show. It amazing. was amazing. It was like hands down amazing. The energy immediately as you walked into the door, it was like love. And we really had some um, very, very powerful exchanges. And we left the table in a way that I have never left the table before, where as we dismissed from each other, we made a pact to be accountability partners. Yes. After dinner, it's like, look, okay, before we leave this table, this is what we are doing together. And I think that that's very important to um, walk away with something to look forward to in a positive way. So like comprehend what your relationships are bringing to you. Um, understand what those things are and make those necessary changes because you don't have anything to look forward to when a person calls you sometimes. Like, you know, like, oh, it's going to be some gossip. It's going to be something negative. You don't have anything to look forward to in that moment. Like, comprehend what those things are and make those changes because um, there's so much that we all need that we can actually get from each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can actually benefit from each other but we have to comprehend the things that we are one going through and then what we're also bringing to the person that could either help us or even possibly deal with it with us you know we have to comprehend those things so it was just so much that we took from the the weekend so um you guys really benefit from hearing what we're talking about because these are things that we just learned yesterday yeah you know what i'm saying like <laughs> 
we just got this stuff yesterday, and I have so much to um, talk to you guys about just for Saturday alone, like the discussions and the small pieces. I'm not going to give you the details of the conversations, but I had so many conversations with Stephanie. With they should have been there. Man, you should have been there. Yeah, you probably would have, you know, gotten a little piece broken off and deposited in your spirit too. But just with Stephanie, I talked to Stephanie's father, her mother, hype, you know, people in the audience was just like, I know what you're doing. Stay on that road. Stay on that positive, you know, plane. And it's just so much that you guys can look forward to. So um, we're definitely excited to share this with you, but I'm not going to hold you any further. If you would like to follow me, leave me any comments, questions, or whatever, you can do that at DergoBJ. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. I could be found on Instagram. I have one show um, by the name of Change the Subject that I kind of host to teach me how to love you better um, post and announcements and things of that nature from that page. So you can definitely find anything Teach Me How to Love You Better related from Change the Subjects page, which is the subject change on Instagram. I have an email address. Send me an email. Um, I could be reached at loveletters115 at gmail.com. That is the email address directly for Teach Me How to Love You Better. And um, send me any comments, questions, anything that you want to be addressed on the platform. Send them there at loveletters115 at gmail.com. This has concluded the lesson by the name of Comprehend from Tanisha Brianna, a.k.a. Queen Poison. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys in a few weeks. Peace and blessings. Bye.